0: It's the show the establishment warned you about And welcome back to the Dr. Tommy Show Live from Tampa, Florida Featuring the most listened to Concierge Medicine morning show host And co-host in the entire galaxy And that is myself, Dr. Tommy McElroy And my wife, Tracy
1: Good morning
0: And we are back after serving a stint In the, uh, police jail for, um uh, espousing beliefs that are contrary to establishment, but that's okay because we got out on bond and um, we are proud to be represented uh, sponsorship wise by the preeminent medical software and membership medicine, including direct primary care and concierge medicine. And that is Atlas MD. Atlas MD is the preeminent software because it combines all of the charting activities that you associate with being a doctor along with billing activities you associate with having a slide card reader in your office, minus the pain in the butt details. And it also includes so much more, including messaging um, and video conferencing and everything else that you can imagine, all for the low, low price of free for you for 60 days. If you go to Dr. Tommy Show, that's drtommyshow.com, and click on Special Offer for Atlas MD, and then you will be up and running for free for 60 days that is a $600 value. And I don't know if you can find a better deal than that on Cyber Monday, much less every day at drtommyshow.com. So click on that, and then you will be away and, and running, and your patients will love you for it. And we are back, as we said, from the thought police. I was uh, apprehended shortly thereafter. Was it last? right before our um, the Tuesday was I was picked up? Uh, by the officers of the thought police for saying things that were against the establishment Uh including medically and politically and otherwise but we are out but actually where we were is heart springs in (laughs) gilchrist county which is where my ancestors came from in the 1800s at least part of them and we had spent some time up there and um had fun with madison for her birthday and Mm -hmm. also um bunch of family members on uh, Saturday and it was a lot of good times in the cold spring water
1: yes it felt so refreshing
0: that kind of water just takes your breath away
1: it does it takes a little while for you to acclimate to that cold what that cold water 72 degrees
0: for those of you who are are new listening (laughs) thank you for listening and watching on YouTube and listening on your uh, podcast platform du jour but if you're if you're not familiar with Florida, if you're listening and you're not in Florida or otherwise not even familiar, there are natural springs in Florida, which uh, the aquifer limestone aquifer has cracks in it, and this water comes up out of the aquifer and is ice cold.
1: Yes, over 300 springs, I think we'd read in the state of Florida alone.
0: And uh, they are on the rebound after having some issues with overgrowth of algae and other types mm-hmm. of. Uh, uh, things that slowed the output so Silver Springs if you go to dr. Tommy show YouTube channel um, if you just go dr. Tommy show and you can click on watch you can see it but we did a Silver Springs nature show and that was those are spring fed and and heart Springs is spring fed and there's Manatee Springs and there's all kinds of springs right, we right.
1: hills um, Silver Springs you cannot swim in the water it's protected mm-hmm. but wikiwatche. And at Heart Springs, you are able to swim in the swing in the springs.
0: And it, it, it's amazing if you're if you've never been there, you should you should go if you're able because the water, when it's not disturbed by people, is is fairly clear, almost crystal clear.
1: Yes, you can see fish that are at least a foot long mm-hmm. in the water beneath you. The
0: biting mullet of Florida is your mother.
1: Yes, my mother believes. would not get in the spring because the
0: man-eating mullet.
1: There are fish in the water, so she'd rather swim in a uh, pool. Right. Where you know all the kids pee.
0: Right. Yeah. I'd rather much. I'd much rather swim the, in the spring. The, um, <laughs> the mullet that were herding, as Rami calls it.
1: Yes, a herd yeah, of mullet.
0: We're going to uh, because of their size.
1: Hey, now there potentially was, Eat her. Uh, yes. Now there was a baby alligator in the spring.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's fun if if you go there though. You got to be careful. Don't swim into the openings because uh, people can become trapped that way yes
1: you don't want to swim into the cave um,
0: and there is actually good news is that all 12 of the soccer team from thailand who were trapped in the cave in thailand have now been released from the hospital all in good health yes thank along goodness. with their coach which is a miracle
1: yes it is thank goodness for that for that
0: yeah which is a miracle and if you believe in god as a miracle from mm. god and if you believe in uh something else than it was just sheer good luck but i believe that was divine Mm -hmm. uh, to rescue those children unfortunately
1: one person
0: one person did die on their way to deliver oxygen to those trapped
1: yes he became um unconscious and um he died and and i don't know if they even know what happened yet to him he was in great shape Mm -hmm. uh triathlon Person, and um, I don't know, very sad that he he died in, uh, in helping rescue these children.
0: It is, but it is a still a miracle that those were 13 uh, were rescued. Mm-hmm. I believe it was 13, 12 players and one coach. I,
1: I believe so. They were, two. I believe, two and a half miles back into the cave. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been in a lot of caves, um, you know, all through Kentucky and... Um, the Tennessee and North Carolina areas, and I never once thought about the, you know, getting stuck inside. Yeah. Even though some areas of the caves we went into, they were, you know, very narrow, and then you had to slouch down, kind of squat through. Mm-hmm. I never ever thought. about I'm Surprised that
0: you would go in that, considering you're claustrophobic to a certain degree. I
1: didn't become that way though until later.
0: Uh, see, I would not want to do that. To me, that's too. Uh, uninteresting, whatever's in that cave can be left unseen by myself. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be asked Mammoth
1: to, Cave is the best cave I've ever been in. It's the largest cave in, in the United States. Um, it's massive. It's beautiful. Um, but I would do that again, but yeah, I would yes, go into
0: a cave that you could, like, drive a car in, but I would not go <laughs> I don't know a cave many that, caves like that. Oh, well. So I won't be in any caves then.
1: You Maybe just stick to um, turnpike tunnels, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's enough for me.
0: <laughs> Some people get... Uh, claustrophobic going through those tunnels. Mm-hmm. You know, like the tunnels in Pennsylvania, going to visit my parents. Yeah. I could imagine what they'd feel like in a cave. I don't get claustrophobic in that tunnel, but I would be in a cave, I think.
1: Well, I was researching caves. I thought maybe while we were in North Florida, we could go to a cave. There's Devil's Millhopper, and there's another cave too. and Is it Marathon? I can't remember. But just the idea when I was looking at the pictures, it mm. made me feel a little. I don't know. I felt a little, you know, anxiety about it, so Hmm. I'm not sure I could go into caves anymore.
0: I wouldn't want to. All right, so we're having a movie review today, and as in keeping with our recent movie reviews, this is a movie that is on streaming, but not in your theater, because most people who watch movies nowadays are probably not watching new releases, unless you're watching uh, the Star Wars and you just have you're a glutton for punishment and you want to watch those. Uh, but this is from 1999, and you'll recall it if you remember. It was very heavily hyped, starring then married couple Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise called Eyes Wide Shut. And it is one of the final movies by the late director Stanley Kubrick. And it was written by himself, or Frederick Raphael, the screenplay. And it was inspired by the novel from author Arthur Schnitzler schnitzler Hopefully, i didn't mess that up anyway eyes locked shut is a it's a movie as i'll just read the thing here new york city doctor who is married to an art curator pushes himself on a harrowing and dangerous night-long odyssey of sexual and moral discovery after his wife admits that she once almost cheated on him and so the movie starts off as most stanley kubrick movies do is very visually striking And the mood, it almost feels like you're instantaneously in the setting that you're in. The way that they, the way that that it just, it just transports you there, I think. Stanley Kubrick did The Shining, and uh, he also did, um, um, I'm blanking on it, Uh, um, oh, Space Odyssey 2001. So these movies are these visually striking movies that just kind of put you there. And then... I think after, it was it, 30 minutes of dialogue, finally we get into the story.
1: Mm-hmm. and It's slow for sure. Very
0: slow movie and
1: mm-hmm. sexually
0: explicit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I remember when it first came out, they were saying that they were, they had to tone it down to get an R rating.
1: Uh, you know, uh, I've seen worse.
0: Yeah, for an R, though, that was pretty raunchy.
1: Yeah, but it didn't last very long, you know, when yeah. he went to that home. Well, that's probably what
0: they cut out a yeah, lot of that. Yeah, that's probably true. probably more of that. Craziness. yeah when he
1: went to that home um it didn't it was yeah that's right they probably did at a, most that part i would think
0: so synopsis is as tom cruise and his wife get invited to this soiree thrown by a uh a patient of his he's a doctor doesn't say he's a concierge doctor but he certainly seems to be because he goes these home visits mm-hmm. they call him whenever he wants he roads over to their house yes. so concierge doctor uh uh named uh i'm gonna call him concierge doctor named uh Dr. Hart, Hartford, I believe it was. And uh, he goes to uh, this party, and then later he has to save this lady from ODing, and she's uh, she's there with the owner of the house who is the uh, throwing this party, who is also Tom Cruise's patient. And then later on, he has a, kind of a weird situation with his wife where they get high, and she starts divulging information about how she basically says, look, uh I had a hots for this soldier once that mm-hmm. I saw and couldn't get my mind off of him. And kind of like remind me of Carmela when she was thinking about um uh,
1: Fiaro. Fiori, What uh, was his name? Fiaro?
0: Furio. Furio. Furio and the Sopranos, where she told Tony she, mm-hmm. she couldn't get him off her mind anyway. So anyway, so after that he 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 encounters this old med school friend and then he goes to this w- weird party. And then it just kind of goes crazy from there. Yeah. Would you, what's your overall gestalt of what, your feeling of it? Like, if you were to say, hey, I, you should see this movie, uh, eyes wide shut, what would you tell somebody?
1: Don't waste your time. Yeah? Yeah. I think
0: it's interesting. I mean, it's not certainly something you would... I think if you're going on Netflix and you're looking through the usual suspects of movies that you either have seen or don't want to see, mm-hmm. uh, I would recommend uh, putting this down knowing that it's a slow movie. And it's, don't wait for some big, you know, Transformers-like action because it's not going to happen.
1: No, yeah. don't watch I it with your kids. Definitely don't watch it with your children but um no if i had never seen it then you know that would have yeah. been fine also
0: and i think if stanley kubrick hadn't directed it no one would have cared about it i think the major reason that it
1: well i think the big part was nicole kidman and uh, tom cruise was in it his husband and wife I, I mean that was obviously and
0: back then they were the hot item they were a hot item and um but i think that it's two and a half stars to me out of five
1: Two and a half stars. Yeah, that probably. I would agree.
0: Okay, so two and a half stars uh, for Eyes Wide Shut, available on Netflix and. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't Amazon, know why I didn't see it in 1999. Probably. Yeah, I didn't either. I just remember they were talking about it was a very sexually explicit. Uh, what else is there? So there's a couple things in the inter interesting for us as concierge people, and there's this bill before the House, I believe it is now, or maybe it passed the House, it passed a committee house ways and means this was on the 10th I was reading this week ago so it may have been farther anyway it's it's basically to allow so it says HR 6317 to amend the IRS code to provide the direct primary care arrangements do not disqualify health uh, do not disqualify deductible health savings account contribution for the person. anyways basically saying look you can use your health savings account to pay for direct primary care okay so this is the big thing that's before the House now. And so there's some people in the in the community of call them membership medicine or DPC or whoever that want this bill passed because it allows now mm-hmm. for patients to use their uh, health savings account to pay for direct primary care, mm-hmm. which may or may not be allowed, depending on how you want to read the IRS's rules now. Because then I say it's a health plan direct primary care is a health plan direct primary care is not just a doctor um, so
1: they're saying though um, in order to use your health savings account you have Cpts have to be submitted
0: so here's the thing yeah so what has to be done so here here it goes so it says a bill to amend the IRS revenue code 86 to provide that direct primary care arrangements do not disqualify deductible health savings accounts contributions for the public, blah, blah blah all right so here we go section one this is, says direct primary care uh, arrangement i'm sorry direct primary care service arrangement for purposes of this paragraph the term direct primary care service this is from the bill the term direct primary care arrangement quotes means that with respect to any arrangement in which an individual is provided medical care as defined in section uh, 213 uh, consisting solely of primary care services as defined in section 1833 of the social security act provided by primary care practitioners as defined in section 1833 of the social security act determined without regard to clause two thereof blah blah, for a fixed fee. So they're saying, okay, so for our purposes, this is who direct primary care people are. If you fall under the uh, auspices of the 1833 of the social security act saying you're given these services mm-hmm. and you are this person defined under these acts It says uh, limitation uh, with respect to any individual for any month, such terms shall not include any arrangement. If the aggregate fees for all direct primary care service arrangements determined without regard to sub this subclause with respect to such individual for such month exceed
1: $150. Say that again.
0: Okay. So basically you're saying, all that Gobbledegook says. Look, in order to be direct primary care arrangement, you have to be a direct primary care or a primary care doctor, as defined by Social Security Act. Okay. You also have to. De- you also have to provide primary care services, as as described by the Social Security Act. Okay. And, you cannot charge more than one hundred fifty dollars a month.
1: Oh really? Uh oh. Mm-hmm.
0: Certain uh, services specifically excluded from treatment as primary care services, procedures that require use of general anesthesia, prescription drugs other than vaccines, and laboratory services not typically administered in an ambulatory primary care setting. The secretary, after consultation with the Secretary of Health and Human Services, shall issue uh, other guidance regarding the application of this clause, regulations and other guidance. So so basically this is uh, inviting uh, the the camel into your tent. So what do I mean by that? So the camels outside your tent, you're out in wherever the desert and this sticks, his nose in the tent and he wants to get in your tent. If you believe that this is a step for you for progress, you're inviting the camel into your tent. His nose is in the tent now mm-hmm. and you're inviting him in because what this does is open up a whole can of whoop ass on you from the government for regulating you out of your mind and out of business most likely to the point of where direct primary care will end up being a function of insurance
1: right right now the regulations are this big
0: mm-hmm.
1: a year from now they'll be this big five years from now like cancer it's gonna be like it's gonna be this big yes.
0: because what if you know so, so, so this is a this is back to this whole idea that a government has a role in the day to day operation of a doctor's office. The belief that government has a role in the day to day operation of how you interact with a patient, if you're a doctor, they are some who believe that, and I think some of the direct primary care population do not have the same what do you call it a uh, hesitancy to uh, believe in the competence competency or otherwise goodwill of the government to intercede on our behalf as direct primary care or concierge doctors to help us deliver more effective care to our patients. I think that it's likely that government exists to promote itself. Government mm-hmm. exists government is a necessary evil. The reason to have government in my opinion is to do things for you that you cannot other that you could do for yourself, but is better done through a collective such as the government. So self-defense, I can defend myself against intruders. We don't have to have any laws against murder, rape, or burglary, but I have that right to defend myself. But it's good to, if if I have that right, and all of us have that right, that maybe we should say, look, we will acquiesce this personal right to defend ourselves, not only to ourselves, but we also give the government the right to intercede on our behalf. Okay, that's one thing. Now, when it comes down to does the government need to or does the government belong in the situation where a direct primary care doctor or, or any doctor wants to just see patients outside of insurance, then they should just swoop in and write all these regulations? Hell no. Definitely not. Not in my opinion. And so know, this I'm is something you sure. see in, in the DPC community. There's there's a schism.
1: And you think some of the DPC community think that this is okay?
0: Well, they they see it as the, the they say you take the good with the bad. So, the good is we get acceptance, we get allowance to use. This is also people can use their HSA mm-hmm. to pay for direct primary care, which, if you look at that, is a completely, if you step back from that whole situation, you say, well, what is an HSA? It's a health mm-hmm. savings account. All right. So, what? Health savings account allows you to spend money tax free on medical services, right? Mm-hmm. And so, this is supposed to be some big, wonderful privilege that we were granted by our benevolent leaders and and, uh, uh, politicians of Washington and say, we have given you the HSA. You may now go forth and spend money sans taxes. You will not pay taxes. And we're supposed to say, yay. Oh, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) So what is it? So, so taxes are levied on us for, 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 for paying for things that are so incredibly stupid. And everything is, all your income is taxed if you make enough. Mm-hmm. And taxed so that you can use the federal government to do this. So you can use the federal government to regulate how much water flows through your toilet. So that the federal government can regulate the river in your backyard. Not the river. The water creek in your backyard as a river under the Federal uh, Free Waters Act or whatever it is. Uh, the federal government is so out of control. And here we are saying, look, let's not... Can we just spend some money tax-free on health care? And they say, yes. Okay, can we sell it for direct primary care too? Well, I don't know, let me see. I have to write some regulations. So if you look at these regulations, you go back to section 1833, back to the beginning of this. If you look at that, they say, yeah, this is a direct primary care doctor. Uh, Here it is, Uh, this is from the, so this, back to this this, uh, bill that's passed now the House Ways and Means Committee. It says, direct primary care services uh, where is it as, 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 uh, defined, here we go. Primary care services as defined in section 1833 provided by primary care practitioners as defined in 1833. All right, let's go to 1833. So I did that. So I go look up 1833 as social security act. What does it say here? Well, it says here definitions in this subsection primary care practitioner, the term primary care practitioner means an individual one who is a physician as described in section 1861, so another another one, who has a primary specialty designation of family medicine, internal medicine, geriatric medicine, or pediatric medicine, or a nurse practitioner, clinical nurse specialist, I don't even know what the hell that is, or physician assistant. And those terms are defined in 1861. That's one. Two, for whom primary care services accounted for at least 60% of the allowed charges under this part for such physician or practitioner in a period prior as determined appropriate by the secretary okay so what if you didn't <laughs> what if you didn't have any charges under the 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 you know charges allowed so how are they going to do charges do we talk about charges here no. For our patients, when they come in, they say that we had a physical this morning. Do we have a charge for that?
1: No. She actually asked me, "Do I owe for the sports physical?" Yeah. And I said, "No." And yours- there's no
0: code or anything. No,
1: I said your son can be seen every day. And we're not going to charge anything additional.
0: So we but don't yes. have charges per se. What they mean is, "Oh, where's your billing codes? We need your bill You need to submit this to the secretary so we could." Can- so, so if this bill passes, potentially, mm-hmm. they say, "Oh, congratulations, Concierge Medicine. We heard you're a DPC practice or some variant thereof." Uh, now we need to go ahead and, and assign you your primary care practitioner certification. Uh, we need you to submit charges so that we could see 60% of those, uh, were a lot a per, uh, were, were deemed to be primary care services. Mm-hmm. And we said, well, what do you mean charges? Well, where's your billing codes? We don't, we don't have billing codes. What do you mean? We don't bill insurance. We're by definition a direct primary care mm-hmm. concierge medicine. We don't bill these people. Well, okay. Well, let me talk to secretary. Okay. Secretary says, that's fine. We're okay. Okay, cool. But you do have to go through all of your charts and now delineate what they would have been called charges. So we can see if 60% of them meet (laughs) it. Can you see this happening? I can very clearly. Yes. All right. It says primary care services back to the 1833 primary care services, the, the term quote primary care services means services identified as of January 1, 2009. By the following HCPCS code. Now, what the hell is that HCPCS code? I don't know. And as subsequently modified by the secretary. Okay. So so here we are. Okay. So number one. Okay. You ready for this one? Mm-hmm. 99201 through 99215. Number two. 99304 through 99340. Number three. 99341 through 99350. Okay. So those are CPT codes. How many direct primary care doctors do you know that use CPT CPT codes?
1: Yeah, we don't. Isn't the whole mm-hmm. idea that you don't
0: use these codes? now So here we are having a something about direct primary care allowing right. you and yet they refer back to a clause that says now you have to be under these codes.
1: Right. We don't use CPT don't codes. That? We use ICD-10 codes um for patients that want us to use our insurance for labs and that's it.
0: I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting thing. Uh back to my premise one of my premises is that people have an unfounded belief in both the competency and the good faith of the government they believe that the government is competent a well they think that the
1: government's watching out for us and
0: and yep on your side aid on your side just like you're into aid on your side well feds on your side and it's not the case and that's not to say people in government are bad there's some people in government who are Salt of the earth. They go to work just like you and I do every day, trying to make it through the day and be able to, you know, feed for their get feed their family and everything else. But government as an entity is designed to grow. Government as an entity is designed. This is federal government it's here to regulate. Mm-hmm. There are some things in the government which are very useful for you. For instance, your local sheriff's department. Mm-hmm i was telling the story the other day about when my grandfather uh there was somebody intruding on his his home Mm -hmm. back in the long time ago 70s maybe and um he called the sheriff and the sheriff this is in polk county sheriff said uh well i'm gonna be making my way over but if if you feel concerned you put two slugs through that door that's the government on your side like i said back to the Mm -hmm. back to the Premise before self-defense I can defend myself but I can also allow the government to do that on my behalf all right that's <clears throat> the government coming into DPC office going into the Jeff Gold's office or Josh Umber's office or any of the you know uh, Craig Wax's office or any of these people that are just going about their business trying to do DPC trying to um, uh, see patients they don't need the secretary to come in and tell them what they can or can't do. Or if they do 60% of that, that is, that is unnecessary. Well, and
1: these are also non-medical people making these decisions.
0: Yeah. These are bureaucrats. These mm-hmm. are, uh, people who are paid. And a lot of times people, pay, people paid. And, and this is another thing there, there exists this thing in, in the law in in government where, where people who purport to have your good intentions at heart don't really. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard that? Yes, You so know that mo- as,
1: the majority of people are watching out for themselves.
0: Right. So there's such a thing as a, a, a maybe a lobbyist mm-hmm. who will put. And then Josh Umber said this on Twitter: "It's a poison pill. Mm-hmm. This is a poison pill for direct primary care. And the reason why it couldn't be a poison pill is because it's throwing all these landmines in there. Mm-hmm. And so you're inviting the camel into your tent. His nose is in your tent now. You're inviting him. Come on in. Have a seat. And before you know it, you will be out of business." because there are people who out there who have long knives out for direct primary care. What if in the, let's say next 10 years, all of the doctors across the United States, family doctors, primary care, doctors let us just put call it primary care. You know, what if, what if, what if 5% of all primary care doctors are doing DPC? Could you see how that could be a problem for some individuals? Yeah, sure. Billing people, billing consultants, Mm-hmm. Um, re- revenue cycle consultants, insurance consultants, coding consultants, bureaucrats whose job it is is to regulate medical transactions in the insurance world—they're not just going to like, okay, yeah, yeah, we see that. That's like I said, the government exists to grow, and they are always going to want to grow. And there are people out there who siphon off of the system.
1: There's a team and right they now. They don't want to see competition. There's a team right now putting together ICD 11. Okay, so we have ICD we had nine we've got ten right now and we have a team putting together ICD 11 why how I mean there's I don't know 30,000 ICD 10 codes maybe even more than that right now and there's a team putting together ICD 11
0: just for the process they have a love of process I was one time I went to a meeting the FMA meeting I went to one in my life it was back when I was a delegate when I was in resident or fellow I can't remember anyway I was in the economics committee and I went down to an FMA meeting. This was down in Boca Raton, I think. And I met a former president of the FMA. And he was, if you were to categorize him, an outsider as far as politically. And uh, he was elected from the floor, common delegate of the FMA, Florida Medical Association. He was elected to the presidency, you know, and... FMA, just like every other political organization, and FMA is a political organization at some level. Excuse me, has an establishment, and he was not the establishment. So he was elected, right? Mm-hmm. He became the president, and uh, he got there, and he saw that the people who were in there, like the the kind of like what you would call the establishment in Washington. Or if you want to be derogatory, the swamp, the people who live there, who breathe and who, who survive and subsist off of the the mechanations of of Congress and lobbyists and, and financiers and globalization, all the all these hell people, they all make a living off that. Well, in the FMA, there's people who are just there all the time, right? They're and they're operators. They're behind the scenes. They may not be at the helm, but they're they're always there. Anyway, he said that, you know, he got there and he was, found himself at odds with a lot of them he's a president he's trying to come in and do all these things that are pro-doctor and they're like Whoa, wait, wait. we don't want to do that and then they said uh you know he was frustrated by this slow pace and he went to the meeting and they're like oh don't you just love the process of this doesn't this process the process is so cool how we we pass a resolution that comes back and then we just kind of constantly horse trading isn't it so wonderful he's like no it's not it's it's not wonderful at all but that's the thing is you're dealing with people in the political organizations where the process is the uh, honey. That's mm-hmm. that is the reward. The process is the reward, and so there's people like you said writing ICD nine or eleven,
1: mm-hmm. who are
0: like you know what, uh, hit by a turtle subsequent encounter is not specific enough. Hit by a gopher. Tortoise, subsequent encounter, because <laughs> we have to differentiate between sea turtle. You yeah. think it's funny, but that's true. There is I know, hit by a tortoise someone or a turtle.
1: Could, if, you, if somebody went through the ICD-10 list, yeah. you, would, you would seriously laugh.
0: You would laugh until you realize that this is serious, mm-hmm. and there are people who are paid to go through all that and They're, either assign those or, yes. or decline charges based on that or whatever.
1: Yes, and there's people that will go in and train the staff On how to do the the coding
0: that's the key right there those are the interested parties Mm -hmm. who don't want to have anything to do with direct primary care Mm -hmm. all these consultants all these people and I'm not disparaging consultants don't get me wrong everyone's got a job to do but I'm saying if you're a direct primary care doctor you have to watch out for yourself and you cannot believe that people who do not stand to benefit from your existence are gonna just allow you to grow that is naive
1: and yes, they
0: will give you a poison pill if you let them. So HR6317 look it up if you're in the business and you'll see I think that that is not something you want to venture down. Not one bit. The key the for government I think for you for us going forward is to is to is to try to limit as much as possible the interference in your daily life. I don't think Americans realize how much government interferes with their daily life, uh, directly and indirectly. And if if you were to just free up people to operate uh, within the realm, uh, the uh, the uh, boundaries of the Constitution, and let states do regulation, and let the federal government regulate, what the federal government supposed to regulate, you would see unparalleled prosperity. You would also see. A class or classes of people whose function depends on it currently feeding off of that dysfunctional bloated uh, contradictory counterproductive federal government they would have to find new jobs and that's the key. Those are the people of the swamp who 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 live off the swamp. Yeah. And people, they don't want to see the swamp drained.
1: Yeah, people should sit down, just take one day and look through all your bills. You're just sitting at home one day. You already know how much you pay in taxes. You know, you pay taxes every time you go to the grocery store, you pay taxes out of your paycheck. Sit down and look at your utility bills. Take one day to do that and see how many taxes you pay alone. To the government to the federal government just to just to have electric
0: and that's just on, to have water and that's the taxes that you see directly now that doesn't include the regulations that you're paying through the cost of your services to the company that's providing those services to you because mm-hmm. they get taxed too yes and they're not going to just take it out of their end
1: mm-hmm.
0: they're going to keep their end yeah. they're going to pass that along to you
1: yeah they're a part of our life every single day The government. And
0: and so don't invite them if you're a direct primary care into your your life. They are not your friend. Mm -hmm. The way that direct primary care could be benefited by uh, the IRS or or the government would be to have a simple thing. HSAs can pay for medical services provided by a physician.
1: Yeah, it's your money anyway. Most of the time, uh, it's your money. Now, some companies do put some money in for you. But anyway, they're putting that money in for you. To spend on health care
0: and this eliminates um, what if you weren't a primary care physician what if your primary specialty was rheumatology for instance Mm -hmm. and you wanted to do instead of DPC direct primary care you want to do direct patient care
1: well you know then you
0: would not be eligible
1: that's right but well think about it too okay so there's a lot of physicians out there you being one you you have a Family medicine and sports medicine. Okay, there's there's a lot of internal medicine doctors out there that have a specialty in rheumatology as well. Do you know when I, I, I mean, I've seen it many times. A patient comes in and they are seeing the doctor for rheumatology instead of internal medicine. So... Because they're seeing the doctor for rheumatology instead of ter- internal medicine, they saw they saw him for internal medicine you know, 30 days ago. Now they're seeing him for rheumatology. Well, now they have a copay of $75 yeah. versus the $25 copay right. they have for internal because medicine. Because they
0: were just a generalist. Even
1: then. though they're seeing the same, same doctor. doctor.
0: I used to work for multi-specialty practice, sports medicine and family <clears> medicine. <throat> if I injected someone's shoulder as a sports medicine physician, I got paid more. I, meaning the, the, the company I work for, <clears throat> got paid more. If I was a family medicine doctor and I injected their shoulder and managed their hypertension and gave them medicine for strep throat and counseled them on uh, hormones, I got paid less because you're just a family doctor.
1: Mm.
0: If you're if you're ever a family doctor and you and you're thinking to yourself or any type of primary care doctor, and you're like, do I really want to continue in this model of thirty party payer? And you're and you're on the fence of saying, do I want to just tell them to go pound sand? Or do i want to stay there you want to see how they really think about you look at someone's card a lot of times it'll say primary care doctor uh, copay now you're the doctor right it'll say one number then it's a specialist Mm -hmm. and i say primary care doctor is like ten dollars or free or forty (laughs) dollars and then if you say specialist oh they're a specialist they're not you you're a stupid primary care doctor all you're good for is referring patients there was some hospital administrator who was quoted as saying, look, most people don't even want a primary care doctor, which is true. But that's beside the point. But she goes, they don't even really need one. You are so looked down upon. You are looked at as a as a, uh, you're, all, you, all you are there for is to generate referrals. That's all you're good for even. You're just a stupid primary care doctor. Generate referrals. That's all we want you to do. And do these stupid things in the EMR. And make sure you do that, or we're going to punish you for that. You better do enough click boxes, and you're a loss. You're, you know they also talk about uh, these administrators. Just talk about primary care doctors. They're a, they're a, they're a cost center. You cost us money. You you can't even code enough to get paid. You're an idiot. But keep going. If you ever feel like that, look at someone's card. It says primary care doctor zero copay mm-hmm. or twelve dollars or fifteen or twenty, and then <clears throat> specialist a hundred. And think about you know is that how you want to be treated? Mm-hmm. is that how you re- do you really that make you feel good at night go home you say look i did four years of residency i did four years of medical school i did four years of college that's 12 i um, still paying on loans and now i get to go to school i go to get work and get told by some administrator who probably uh, has as much education as your local starbucks uh, barista mm-hmm. about how i'm supposed to uh, code something right and i'm not doing it right and and my, my scores are down, and my quality measures are that, tch, forget it. Don't. <laughs> life's too short. Unless you like yeah. that. Unless you like that. Unless it doesn't bother you, then stick with it. No, that's your choice. That's about it for today. Anything else?
1: Nope. Can't think of anything.
0: Uh, I made a video called Once Upon a Time in the Ring, which I will show to those who are watching on YouTube. If you're listening on the podcast and you can't see this because it's got music in it that is... Uh, copyrighted material then you can watch it on youtube go to drtommyshow.com and click on watch uh, thank you all for listening thank you for subscribing and thank you to their new listeners and for all of you listening around the world this is george foreman takes on michael moore for the heavyweight championship in 1994 i will not tell you how it ends but it's uh, got music by ennio morricone who is a famous composer most notably of the spaghetti western star and clint eastwood and others and once upon a time in the west starring uh, charles bronson uh, thank you all for listening until next time bye bye crowd relatively quiet as round 9 comes to a close it's scheduled for 12